So we're in the middle of a sermon series, right? So what we're doing is we're looking at songs that have topped the charts, songs that you know, songs that you're like, man, that's my jam. What we're doing is we're looking at biblical truths that are found in that jam. So last week was uh, that Chance the Rapper song, No Problems. How many guys love Jonathan Mejia? Did he do good? He did all right. Make some noise if he did kind of good last week. All right. So, um, man. You probably already guessed it, Hotline Bling. But the title of my talk tonight is, You Used To, You Used To. I'm going to get a little deep tonight. You used to, you used to. You see, I want to focus. You can turn these uh, front house lights just a little bit on. I want to see their faces. I want to focus on this song from the context of us and God. All right? So if you're taking notes, here's your fun opportunity to draw like a diagram. So I want you to like put God and then, you know, draw yourself and then put an arrow. And and that is, you could turn this light on too. That is what tonight's talk is all about. It's about that connection between us and God. Amen? So so here's the thing. I used to. How I want to focus on this song is this. Pay attention. I want to focus on this song from the aspect, you're good. I'm going to have you back at altar call though. And you look awesome with that floral shirt, bro. And I like your hair. Can I make some noise for John? Can I make some noise? I'm all good, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're the man, though. You look really good. That's the thing. See, when you find God and you start serving, you just become more attractive. Amen? Here's what I believe. Spirituality is attractive. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Add some Jesus on instead of that Axe spray, you know. I promise you'll sp- you'll smell better with the aroma of grace. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Somebody say you used to. You used to. I want you to see Drake as God, and I know that's kind of funny. He probably is the sixth God to you. I don't know. But here's the thing. I love Drake. Here's the thing. Ready? 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 I want you to catch this. God. Drake talking to a girl, is God talking to you? You used to, you used to. That's God's message to you tonight. You used to, you used to. Your prayers were a little bit more intimate. You used to pray like that. There was a moment when your worship was a little bit more. You used to, you used to. So I want to focus really quickly on John in the Bible. Um, How many of you guys remember when Pastor Gabby preached like two months ago? You guys remember when he preached about elevation? Remember? You got to elevate. He talked about John, how he was put to death on the island of Patmos. And and that's where the book of Revelation comes. An angel of the Lord shows up, appears to him and says, come up here and write what you see. That's where the book of Revelation comes from. So I want to focus on on the book of Revelation, a, a verse that John says. Um, and just to give you some context, he's writing what he's seeing. This is, this is God saying, John, I want you to write what you see. John, look, I, I know you're about to die. I just got to do something in you. And I want to use you to speak to the entire world and, and to eternity. I want you to put some, some prophecies into place. So just for some context, it says in Revelation 1.9, it says, I, John, with you all the way in the trial in the kingdom and the passion of patience in Jesus I was on the island called Patmos because of God's word, the witness of Jesus. It was Sunday, and I was in the spirit praying. I heard a loud voice behind me 
a trumpet clear, piercing, he said, to a book. Send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and Smyrna. Uh, keep that verse up. So he said, so this is where the book of Revelation is born. The book of Revelation, the last book in your Bible, is born from this experience with John right here. He's, he's elevated. And God says, write what you see. And, and there's other places that, that John is writing to, but the, I, I stopped at, at Smyrna because I, 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 I didn't want you to miss this one. Someone say Ephesus. Ephesus is a city that, that, that Paul writes to, and, and that is the book in your Bible called Ephesians. Did I just come, did I just come to life? Your Bible just come to life? Ephe- oh, all right. Chivalry. So you have the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a letter from Paul written to the people of Ephesus. All right, so I want to focus tonight on what God is telling John to say to the people of Ephesus. And that's all I connect to the Jake song. And at the end, we're going to be praying up here because God is good. Amen. <laughs> so this is what he says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 and 5. This is John's message to the people of Ephesus, right? And, man, I love context. I'm not just going to show this, but we're going to understand what's going on. It says, without growing weary, you have preserved... Preserved and endured many things for the sake of my name. So this is God talking to John, talking to the people. But I have this against you. So, so, so John's writing, he says, you've endured. You've, people have come against you. Other tribes have battled you. People against God have come against you because you rep me. And you guys, are, you, guys you know, you, you, you persevere. But here's what I got against you. You have abandoned your first love. So this isn't John talking. This is John writing what God is telling John to write. But you guys remember the Bible is inspired? Remember the Bible's legit series? So God is literally saying, you have abandoned your first love. If I'm in Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, and I'm reading this, I'm catching feelings. I'm like, oh, I go to church every week. Man, I, I give to this thing. I, I support this thing. And now I'm being told... That I, I abandoned my first love. In other words, I'm at a place where I feel like I don't need God. I could, I could just do my own thing. And we keep reading. Therefore, keep in your mind how far you have fallen. <laughs> Go back. I'm going to preach that later, though. Keep in mind how far you've fallen. So God says, you abandoned your first love. So that's a wake-up call for the people of Ephesians. Of Ephesus, right? Man, I'm, I'm, I abandoned God. He's my first. I abandoned him. And then it says, how far are you fallen? That goes against everything society's saying. So I said, you know, forgive, forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. No. I'm forgiven, but I won't forget what I went through because I'm supposed to remember where I went through to know where I'm at. And if God wants to use me, I can't be doing the same thing over and over and over again. I got to remember how far I've fallen. And we continue to read. It says, repent and perform the deeds you did at first. But if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. In other words, you're saying you're the church of Christ. And if you're the church of Christ, you have this light. But if you do not repent and turn back into the practices you were, I'm going to remove the light that you rep of me. So when the world sees you, that's just another church. You see, I think darkness knows what light looks like. But darkness also knows what darkness looks like. And that's when churches lose their power. It's when, 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 when God literally says, okay, you're not repenting and you're not doing 
and you're not actually backing up with what you're saying. So I'm going to remove my presence. I'm going to remove my power from you. Literally, I'm going to remove the lampstand. The very thing that, that's, that's your greatest strength will now be your greatest weakness. I mean, I don't know about you, but if, we're, if we don't have the presence of God here on Fridays, we're doing just karaoke. Like, you could be anywhere else on a Friday and probably have a better time, honestly. But because we have the presence of God, man, this worship is just amazing. And God is moving, and we are the light of the world. Question number one, can you to the church of Ephesus? God is literally saying, you have abandoned your first love. You were at a place in your life where you had God as number one, but, but, but something happened in the middle of, of you. It was probably success. Maybe, maybe you being given success means you don't need God to provide anymore. So maybe that's why you're, you don't have me as number one. I don't know what it is. Maybe if you're the church of Ephesus and, and God is telling you you abandoned your first love, I mean, maybe you found another person to love. Isn't it funny that the only two things I mentioned is a relationship and success. And, and sometimes that's a blessing. But if it becomes the only thing in your life you're loving, then that now turns into a curse. So can you relate to the church of Ephesus? In here tonight, can, can you say that you have some way, shape, or form, since you met Jesus, you have been, you were you, you at a place where you were desperate. You were at a place where you had expectation. You were at a place where your faith was just amazing and tenacious and nothing can stop you and nothing can shake you. And every issue in life, you saw it as God working in you. Was there a point that these things and this expectation and this faith, was there a point in your life where these things have actually watered down and, and the love for God actually went backwards instead of forwards. If that's you tonight, I, my advice is, is, is his advice. Go, go back to your first love. Go back to your first love. And I'll be a, a bad preacher, but I didn't tell you how. So this is how you go back to your first love. It says in Revelations 2.5, it says, keep in mind how far you have fallen. Repent and perform the deeds you did at first. So if you have ever gotten to a place where you felt like you loved God more in the past, if you ever gotten to the place in church where you're like, man, remember how God used to work in 2016? If you're ever that type of person, if that hasn't happened to you, it probably will, and I'm trying to help you. If you've ever been the person that said, man, God, you used to be number one, and somewhere, and some way, shape, or form throughout time, I lost my love for you that used to be amazing. I lost my expectation that used to be amazing. Here's what I pulled from this verse. Ready? Three points. Ready? You need to keep, repent, and keep, repent, and perform. Keep. Anybody taking notes? Keep, repent, and perform. If you're ever at a place where you feel like, God, I've, you're not my first love anymore. I've lost it. I'm, I'm not really there anymore. And, and it's a convicting place. It's an eye-opening place. There's steps to take to get back to that and getting him back to being number one. Number one, you need to keep. Keep what? Keep in mind where you've been, and that will push you to where you're headed. Keep. What does it mean? Keep in mind where you've been. Uh, I used to be in a basketball team. Um, I used to be really good. I'm kind of slow now. I like to play basketball. Anybody love to play basketball in here? Shout out Cleveland, man. That's probably the best team ever assembled, ever, right? Cleveland, it's crazy. Whatever, I could preach about Cleveland all night. 
I was in a basketball team, and I, the, the thing we hated the most was running. I really hated running. All right, guys, go take a lap. Oh, my goodness. So I, I used to practice back, back in the day in Hunters Creek. And I don't know if you've ever been to Hunters Creek. They have a trail. Me and my buddies, we'd be like, man, let's not run. He's not going to run with us in the woods. How about we just run, like, a new route and then just get somewhere and, like, just run back. But here's the thing. In, in Hunters Creek Trail, there's a trail you can follow, and there's literally woods you shouldn't run in because there's, like, rattlesnakes and bad things. So we're like, man, let's run in that place. Let's just run through there. So what we did was, I remember, we would, we would mark the trees. You, you ever heard of the, uh, the breadcrumb story? In one of those Disney movies, they put a breadcrumb to, to remember their way home. You guys you know that, you kind of know that story? So that, so that when they get where they need to go, they follow the breadcrumbs back. We take that idea so we wouldn't get lost. We just, like, carve trees. Like, like we'll just cut, like, break a tree. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, so we don't get lost. And remember, there's a trail, and we just wander off, like, way deep into the forest. And, man, it's been a while. You know, it seems like we've been running for a long time. Let's run back. So we'd run back, and we'd follow the trees, and we'd get back. And it's funny to me, when God says, for you to come back to your first love, Revelation 2.5, it says, keep in mind how far you've fallen. In a sense, what he's saying is, whenever you mess up, whenever you fall, Mark it and move forward. Mark it. I mean, I know some of you guys take journals. You journal every day. That's cool. Don't just write, don't just write down what went good with your day. Write down what went wrong with your day. Don't just write the prayers of God did something amazing. Write, God, I'm sorry for what I just did. Because what's going to happen is when you keep in mind where you've fallen, when you approach that area again, you have a different perspective. Some of us, we, we have that forgive and forget mentality with Jesus. So we fall, and we say, oh, it's all good. And then we get there, and we fall again. Oh, okay, it's all good. And we run in circles, and we're confusing ourselves to thinking that we are growing when we're just moving in the same pattern. So the first step in growing, the first step in moving forward and having Jesus back as your number one is literally writing down where you've fallen. I fell, I fell today. Man, tell somebody. Write it down. Write it down. Carve it so that when you approach this, you'll never, ever see that again. Amen? Amen. Keep in mind where you've been, and that will push you to where you're headed. It says in Revelation 2.5. So that's the first one. Keep. The second one, the second one is repent and perform. It says in Revelation 2.5. Keep in mind how far you've fallen. Revelation 2.5. Keep in mind, and then it says, repent and perform the deeds. Keep that up. You did at first. <laughs> repent and perform the deeds you did at first. So number one is keep. Somebody say keep. keep. You need to keep in mind where you've fallen. You need to keep in mind that weakness of yours. You need to keep in mind the, the thing that's keep bringing you down. Keep it in mind so that when you approach God, you approach God, man, I suck at this, and I need your help. And number two, repent then perform. You can throw it up. Help me out, Will. Repent, then perform. Repent. Somebody say repent. repent. Then perform. Listen, you cannot perform and then repent because that's called religion. You cannot. You cannot. He says, keep in mind. So, so in other words, when you keep in mind where you've fallen, 
that will lead you to repentance. When you repent, that will lead you to performance. If you skip the keeping in mind part, you won't need to repent. So what happens is when you feel like you're down, when you feel like something's off, you skip the whole God, I suck, I need you part, and you're jumping into God, how can I serve? How can I perform? I'm reading the Bible. And you're literally tricking yourself to thinking that God's going to jump over the steps with you. So God's like, wait, wait, you still haven't told me what you did. I mean, I know what you did, but you don't know that you know what you did. I know that you sinned. God knows everything. I know that you've fallen. I know that you've sinned, but you haven't told me anything. You haven't turned from that thing. You have not repented. So now you're performing, and you're reading the word, and you're worshiping, and you're coming to church. But there is a disconnect between you and the Father because you're skipping the steps. The pathway to being a person that is chasing after God is the pathway of repentance. We're not the church that we, we just try to perform as quickly as possible. Oh, you sin? All right, let's go serve. Oh, you sin? All right, let's, let's go pray. Oh, you sin? All right, let's, let's, let's go worship. No, you need to repent. And that sound, repentance is a, ah, it's an X word. It's like an old school word. But man, repentance is a beautiful thing. Repentance is a privilege. You have at any moment in your life, you have the right to stop and turn around and go somewhere else. You have the right to do that. You have the grace to do that. Obedience is an opportunity. Obedience isn't the law being slapped into your face. Man, I got to obey. I got to obey. You have the grace to obey. You have the grace to obey. An indicator that your relationship with God isn't authentic is when you perform before you repent. You can throw that up. <laughs> there we go. An indicator that your relationship with God is not authentic is when you perform before you repent. In other words, God, I want to do your things before I tell you what I did. In other words, we're trying to do the things of God without doing it his way. You got so here's, here's the thing. To go back to your first love, you must, come on, let's say, you must keep, repent, and perform. Performance. Performance. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. Works without faith is dead. I'm sorry. Because you, you can't skip the steps. You cannot skip the steps. Listen, so many people are headed in the wrong direction doing the right things. So many people are headed towards a life that is disconnected with God in church and in the rhythms of life. Because they have skipped the steps. They have skipped the steps. Man, that's a, that's a, that's a fake place to be at. It's, it's, it's not authentic. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. That's like if you get in an argument with your future wife, like in the morning, right? Really, really bad argument. Like you're like, mm, I'm about to punch you. But I'm not going to punch you. And she's like, mm, I'm about to kick you. But I'm not going to kick you. I'm above that. So imagine for a moment with me, if you guys wake up next to each other just fighting, right? So, so for, for, imagine with me, the wife, she, she leaves the room, she starts cooking some breakfast. Man, this dude got me mad. Now imagine for a second that, that, that so, so the guy failed her, right? Let's say the guy did something bad. I mean, like, super bad. I mean, like, oh, my God, ladies, yell to me something that a guy does that is super bad to girls. On three. One, two, three. Cheating. Cheating. Thank you. That was, like, the number one answer. Survey says cheating. So you wake up. This is a bad story. You wake up in the morning with your wife. 
and you guys are talking about cheating. And the dude, the dude knows he's wrong. He's wrong. He's caught. He's, ah, it's over. So the woman storms out. She's like, I can't even deal with you. You a dirtbag. She goes, she's cooking up some breakfast. Imagine this. This is how the husband goes to the kitchen. This is how he goes to the kitchen. He opens the door. Hey, honey. She's like, what? I'm about to throw this pan at you. Hey, honey, boo. Good morning. You need some help? She's like, what did she say? You, you failed me, and instead of asking to perform me. Instead of having a conversation about your failure, you're acting like there's nothing wrong. And listen, I love you enough to forgive you. I love you enough to forgive you. I'm going to take you back. But we can't move forward until we talked about what you did. We cannot move forward unless you repent. She's running around the church, Carla. <laughs> That's your parents' church. They're not here. Hey. That's what happens when you perform in church, but you have not repented. That's what happens when you're performing Jesus, but you have not repented. You're lifting your hands, and God is like, listen, you haven't, you haven't asked for forgiveness. God, move. God, move. He's like, repent. Talk to me about it. Because if you do not repent, you are abusing my grace. And you're literally taking gave to you as a gift, and now it's cursing you. Because you're confusing yourself to being religious and not being in a relationship. That's why so many other religions, they don't believe in relationship. They, 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 do, they do. They do. So when they fail, there's never a moment that they have an intimate moment with God. They go straight to performing. Literally in other religions, you can pay your way to forgiveness. But man, we are not every other religion. We are a relationship with Jesus. So I ask this question again. Band, come up now. When, when did you lose your love in the first place? You hear? Why did you lose your love in the first place? So why? Why did you lose it in the first place? Here's the Drake lyric if you need it, if you don't know it. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you what? When you need my love. How did you lose your first love place? Listen, you stopped ringing because you're bigger than a phone call. You used to when you need it. But now you don't because you don't need. So you used to call on God. I mean, you used to. I mean, like, you used to. You used to call on God, but now you don't need to call on God because you're over it. You used to ask for repentance. You used to ask God, God, I'm so sorry, but now you don't do it because you feel like you're over it. Oh, my God. You know, this is, throw the next point up. Because sometimes a decrease in the need for God is disguised as spiritual maturity. Sometimes you think, listen, that's fancy. Let me explain that. Sometimes you think 
that growing in God means you don't have to ask for repentance anymore. Sometimes you think growing in God means you're not allowed to cry and worship anymore. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm at, oh, look at that. I'm at the altar crying. I know God a little longer. I don't have to do that. I don't have to worry. Talking about you're disguising your sin with a fake spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity are the people who are first at the altar saying, I suck and I need your help. But sometimes a decrease in your need for God is disguised as spiritual maturity. Look at these people praying pre-service prayer. I don't got to go to pre-service prayer. I don't got to lift my hands like these unsaved people are. Man, they need God. And sometimes we could be in church for a long time. We feel like we don't need God like we used to because we got him already. But that's when God shows up and says, listen, you're persevering. Just like his message to the book, in the book of Revelation, you're persevering. You're doing a great job. You're pushing forward. But listen, you abandoned your first love. So what you need to do is you need to keep in mind where you came from. You ever meet a person that forgot where they came from? Acting bougie, girl. You from the Bronx. What do you mean? Oh, my God. Lips, hips, fingers, hips. You from Puerto Rico. The slums of Puerto Rico. Ain't nobody born with a, with a silver platter, at least not at this church. Here, walking around on, on, on gold. Ain't nobody here perfect. Ain't nobody here, like, amazingly, like, born into, like, you know, I'm a princess. I don't need God to provide. My daddy provides. I don't, I don't need that. Listen, your need for God never decreases even though your time in God increases. Your need for God never decreases even though your time with God increases. That's you eat duck donuts for a week straight, a week later, you be like, I'll be good. God is not like duck donuts. You play basketball a week straight, man, I, I could hold off on basketball for a little while. God is not like basketball. Man, what, what are you craving right now? What are you craving? Anybody craving food? Pizza. Oh, my God, I want pizza. I need pizza. I need pizza. Eat pizza for a month straight. That second month, you're going to be like, man, I don't know if I can eat pizza. I needed it, but now that I'm around it long enough, I don't need it anymore. Listen, God is not like Here's the thing about God. When you truly experience him, you want him more. Ooh! When you experience what God is doing, here's why. Because God could be whatever you need him to be. So one day you need him to be a donut, he'll be a donut. But one day you need him to be a pizza, he'll be a pizza. But then one day you need him to be your father, he'll be your father. One day you need him to be your lover, he'll be your lover. One day you need him to be a friend, he'll be your friend. One day you need him to be a provider, he's your provider. One day you need him to have grace for your sin, he forgives you. One day you need him to challenge you spiritually, he's challenging you. One day you need him to lead you in a time where you don't know where to go, and he'll lead you. And then one day when you slip up, you need someone to pick you up, and he's right right there to pick you up. One day you need somebody who's ahead of you. He's ahead of you. One day you need somebody who's behind you. He's behind you. One day you need somebody who is right next to you in your lowest moments, in your darkest holes. He crawls down deep and he's everything you need him to be. Just because you experience God doesn't mean you, you can stop experiencing him. 
God is so deep, y'all. The Bible says his ways are higher than, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Listen, you, you, think, you think God has some good things for you? The Bible says you cannot even imagine what God has planned for your life. You can't even imagine. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. You used to. You used to. Jesus. You used to. You used to. You used to pray like that. You used to worship like that. You used to need me like that. But just like the woman at the well, you're bouncing around from different ideas and different things. And you're coming back thirsty. Worship can come up. And you're coming back thirsty. But listen, God is saying, I am not like these wells. I'm not like these people. I'm not like anything you've ever seen. Come on, if you get a taste of me, you'll come back for more, and I will never run dry. For just a moment, can we look up to the screen really quickly? This is an answered prayer for some of y'all. This is an answered prayer. It says in John chapter 15, verse 16, God says to you today, he says, you did not choose me. I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. I anointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You did not choose God. He chose you. You thought that moment when you got into church and you experienced God like, a, like real. You're like, man, I need God. Oh, I need you. And God's like, I know you need me because I chose you to need me. I chose you to need me. I chose you to need me. Listen, church, look at me. What are you praying for? Really, what are you praying for? You're praying for healing? Are you praying for God to break some chains? Are you praying for God to lead you forward? Listen, that very need, God chose you to need that so he can fulfill it. The need you have in your life, God chose you for this need. He entrusted you with that need because he wants to do something in you. So that when you look at the world, you say, look at my wounds. Look what I used to want, but God is now that for me. And he used you as a testimony. Here's what I believe. I don't think that the devil is hurting you behind God's back. I think and I believe this book. God allows the enemy to tamper in your life. God allows the enemy to make you need something so that he can complete exactly what you need him to be. So here's the thing. You have a struggle. You have a trial. Can you trust God with your trial? You have a need, you have a physical need, you have a spiritual need, you have a sin need, you have an any type of need. Can God trust you with that need to point to his goodness? Man, I, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's easy to comprehend. Keep your head back, keep your eye closed. Lord, help me. The issues that you are dealing with is God's opportunity to reveal himself. And God will reveal himself on this earth because he trusts you to let him in. Can he trust you? Can he trust you? Here's what I want to happen. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. Listen, if you're here today, keep it real with God. If you're here today and you're saying, I need to go back to my first love. I need to run back to him with fear and trembling. I need to run back. I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to run back. And when I say three, I want you to meet me at the altar. Come on, you got to stand up with a little bit of boldness. 
you got to stand up with just a little bit of courage. And I promise you, as you stand up in boldness and courage, I believe that your friends and your brothers will join you and they will be here with you. If that's you and you want just a little bit of prayer up here at the altar, come on, we only got five minutes for this. On the count of three, go ahead and come up to the front. Ready? One, two, three. I want you to stand up and come up. If that's you, if that's you, if that's you, come on up, come on up, come on up. Cut the drums. Everybody have Barbie eye closed. Okay, for those of you that didn't go because your friends didn't go up, I'll give you one more try. There you go. Anybody need God? Anybody need God? Anybody need God? No one looking around. Head by eyes closed. When you feel it, come up. I'm giving you 30. Come get your blessing. 30 more seconds. Head by eye closed. 15 seconds. Anybody need God? Anybody need to go back to the first low? 10 seconds.